Hey guys, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, first of all, welcome. But what you need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapists, students who are looking to grow your fundamentals in bite-sized segments of time. So today we're still talking about the foot and I promise we will give you more variety in the future. So if you have requests for future episodes, feel free to just either message me on Instagram at dr.casey.hankins or just shoot me an email at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. But anyways, let's get into today's topic. We are going to be talking about Achilles tendon ruptures. Yikes. Um, I think if there was a injury that I would want the least, it might be this one um, when we're talking about orthopedic injuries. Obviously, there's so many things that could go wrong, but that's not any way to live your life. So we've already talked about Achilles tendonitis, basically, or tendinosis, depending on its chronicity. Today, we're talking about complete disruption. So with a tendon, keep in mind that the Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the body. It is thick and it is made up of basically the soleus and the medial and lateral gastrocnemius tendons. It gets its blood supply from the posterior tibial artery as well. But unfortunately, it's one of the most common tendon ruptures in the lower extremity. And this is something where patients feel a very audible pop. It feels like being kicked in the lower leg. Not that I know from personal experience, um, but something that can be very drastic, very traumatic. So how does this happen? It can happen from a basically a sudden forced plantar flexion of the foot or violent dorsiflexion with a plantar flexed foot. Specifically, usually happens about four centimeters above the calcaneal insertion in a hypovascular region. Now, Yes, this can all happen from trauma. It can also happen from longstanding tendinopathy or intratendinous degenerative conditions. And we'll cover those here in a sec. Um, but a lot of those motions that I just described um, can happen like in diving, tennis, basketball, track, cyclists, runners, volleyball players, gymnasts, essentially people who are going into plantar flexion, especially ones that have a little bounce. So Now, I've mentioned athletes, but we also have our uh, weekend warriors that this actually happens more often in. So very common in patients who are in their 30s and 40s. They are living their glory days, continued on the weekends, maybe playing softball games or something like that. Happens more often in males. Unfortunately, this diagnosis can be missed in like 25% of these patients often misdiagnosed as an ankle sprain. So it's pretty important for us to know how to test for it, right? Because the treatment for an ankle sprain and an Achilles tendon rupture is very different. So before we move on to how to test for this, I mentioned that there are other intratendinous degenerative conditions that we want to be mindful of. So it's not always these weakened warriors. There are some systemic diseases that can just affect the quality of the tendon that is there. Examples would be chronic renal failure, collagen deficiency, diabetes mellitus, gout, a long history of infections, lupus, parathyroid disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, and thyroid issues that have an impact on basically basically the tissue quality in these types of patients. Now, as I mentioned, the Achilles tendon 
is a very important component of our ability to go into plantar flexion. So if that tendon is disrupted, it's going to be very, very hard to go into plantar flexion. So in your exam, you're looking for, can they go into plantar flexion? These patients are going to be very, very weak. Forget about like a double half raise, especially a single leg calf raise. Now, a lot of times in our exam, you'll hear of a Thompson test being used for this specific diagnosis. So what this test is, is where the patient is laying in prone. Their leg or knee specifically is bent to 90 degrees. And essentially what you're going to do is squeeze their calf and see if their ankle goes into plantar flexion. They're not actively doing it. They should be completely relaxed. But you would want to hopefully see their foot go up into plantar flexion in response to you squeezing it. That means that it is not disrupted. A positive test for the Thompson test would be there is nothing going on at the foot or ankle. That means that that is disrupted because it should go into plantar flexion if the tendon is still there. You obviously want to compare it to the other side, but if you have both feet up side by side, you might even notice that on the side that they're coming in for that is painful, that might already be in more resting dorsiflexion than the other side. And that's because there's no resting tension on that tendon because it has completely been ruptured. So things to keep in mind. However, we do want to rule out other things that could have happened as well. Um, because yes, it can have swelling, bruising, all that fun stuff. Um, but rolling out an ankle sprain, um, an ankle fracture, other calf injuries, or even a plantaris tear, these are things that you want to be able to use your best judgment for on seeing what could have gone wrong. Treatment, we could go into a whole nother episode for because there's a big debate depending on what part of the country you live in and... Um, what surgeons are around you on whether these patients should be surgical or non-surgical. So in non-surgical patients, this might be more so in people who are less active, maybe a little bit more sedentary. They'll still be booted probably in a little bit of plantar flexion to reduce the strain on the Achilles tendon. And you're basically waiting for that tendon to heal. And then eventually bringing that foot down into more of a neutral position while you're strengthening it, et cetera. I'm way oversimplifying things. Surgically, um, and we see this a lot more in the United States, there are a ton of different techniques, which again, we might cover it in a future episode, um, but the treatment is still going to be similar in that they're probably going to be booted in a little bit of plantar flexion. Um, from what I've seen, usually like 20 degrees of plantar flexion. Um, to allow healing on this tendon, especially where the surgical site is. And then they are slowly um, brought down into like a neutral position. They, they might have wedges under their heel that they slowly take away to make sure that this tendon is not overstretched while it's healing. Because if once it is overstretched, it's really hard to get back that optimal muscle length tension relationship to have powerful plantar flexion in the future. So that, my friends, is Achilles tendon ruptures. So if you have any questions, please reach out to me. If you are in need of CEUs, check out MedBridge. They're offering listeners 40% off for if you just use the promo code PT Snacks Podcast. And what this includes is essentially thousands of online CEU courses, live webinars, even access to specialty prep exams. I used it for my OCS 
Um, and it's got some great practice questions just to get you used to looking at a screen for a long period of time. But they have annual subscriptions. And 40% off an annual script- subscription is pretty good. They even have, if you're working with patients directly, um, home exercise programs where you can put together a specialized program for the patient, send it to them. That patient can watch videos and see exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So it's a really nice tool. I've used it quite a lot over the last five years. Check it out if it's interesting to you. If not, I will see you guys all soon and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Until then. Thank you.